when we list a home that is priced right and has a beautiful presentation, we will list on a Thursday and have multiple offers by Saturday. Buying or selling real estate can be stressful. After all, it's not any old house we're talking about. It's your home. When it's time to buy or sell, turn to Colleen Benson and the Benson Broker Group with Keller Williams. Get answers to your real estate questions and put your search in capable hands. It's time for Keeping It Real Estate with Colleen Benson. Let's get into this conversation, Colleen, of changing real estate behaviors in the pandemic. So the National Association of Realtors Vice President of Demographics and Behavioral Insights, what a title, by the way, published some interesting observations and findings identifying seven behaviors of clients that are emerging during the pandemic. And so I'm interested. Just seven. Yeah, seven (laughs) behaviors. Um, And one of these, by the way, I have an argument is not a behavior, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Okay. Um, And I'm just curious, Colleen, your commentary on these things. You know, are we seeing these behaviors happen locally? Do you agree that they're happening or will happen since some of these things are predictions? of behaviors. I'm just curious. I'm not attacking the uh, the the article or the uh, the writer or you know the the person who came up with this by any means. Uh, just you know, curious in the We're discussion. We're just going to dissect it. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I this first takeaway was that buyers are rushing. Okay, yes. buyers are rushing. Last year, buyers looked at an average of nine homes before making an offer, and that number is now down to three or four this year. Are you seeing a similar yes. trend? Yeah, well, it'd be nice if <laughs> for my buyer's agents if they could show three homes and put a buyer in a contract. But what truly is happening is there's a lot of buyers that are missing out in bidding wars. And so therefore, they're going to look at three homes, put in an offer, and then look at three homes and put in an offer. And our agents are writing, you know, sometimes for one client, they're writing five offers. And it's not always like, how come we're not winning the bid? It's where the buyer's at. If the buyer is an FHA buyer and needs help with closing costs, yes, they have the ability to buy a home, yet they might get outbid by the buyer next door that has their own closing costs and has a 20% down payment and things of that nature. So it's we coach our clients on how to write a winning bid but we don't always have that opportunity to win the bid based on the circumstances, if that makes sense. So we've got um, sales. When we list a home that is reasonably, that's priced right and has a beautiful presentation, we will list on a Thursday and have multiple offers by Saturday. I kind of take offense to uh, the phrasing, though, of buyers are rushing because that implies they're not being strategic or careful about it. Uh, like rushing mm. sort of has this negative connotation to it of like, oh, I got to I gotta rush through the store and that you're going to make mistakes along the way. Well, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I think that there's just kind of this hype. Like, mm-hmm. ah, we got to go. We got to find it. So ur- urgency is a good urgency. thing. Urgency. Like, We're going to take time yeah. off work because we have to house shop. But you can still have strategy and make smart decisions with urgency. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, these are semantics, but that one caught me off guard a little bit that they're rushing because it kind of just sounded like a negative thing that, oh, they're not taking their time to tour nine homes and they're not doing their due diligence. (laughs) They're just choosing one real fast, you know. Uh, But I feel like you coach your people to be like you're still going into it with a strategy, even if you're pushing them to, you know, hey, we do need to make decisions quickly and on our toes. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I'm probably being a little too harsh there, but... (laughs) Uh, That's all right. There are plenty of good takeaways from this uh, conversation for sure. Uh, Another one, shifting wish lists. 
so 65% of buyers, 65%, say their search criteria hasn't changed because of the pandemic. I thought it would be a lot higher than that, or a lot, you know, I thought a lot more people would say that their priorities have changed. Have with changed, the yes. Yeah. But of the remaining 35% who did say things have changed for them, uh, here's what they identified as some of the top uh, changes that they have, you know, now added to their wish lists. Home office, top of the list. That makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we also saw up pretty high was uh, needing more space for accommodating a family member, needing more space for accommodating a pet, um, just needing more space was another option that people could check, and then needing a bigger yard for growing a garden, needing a bigger yard for exercise. <laughs> so that was a lot of basically <laughs> just ways, different ways of saying want more space seems to be the main yes. takeaway. Yep, I would agree with that. Um, shifting wish lists—that's a hard one to say three times. Yes, it is. Uh, it, it's space and, to, and and still stay FCC compliant. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just thinking about what you said. Bigger yard. I don't know about for exercising, but definitely growing a garden and yeah, maybe for exercising. People just putting up trampolines and more area for their kids to activities probably a better word yes yes family family space Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that one was pretty good uh, pretty good common sense and not surprising to see that data i have a feeling that 65 percent of buyers who say their criteria hasn't changed will continue to go down and more and more people will develop preferences the longer the pandemic goes on i would think but yes uh, i don't know i guess if you're gonna be tired by your house i figured you'd be tired of it by now (laughs) ready for something new, um, or at least would have adjusted your your wish list going forward. Another takeaway here, I don't know how much we really need to talk on this one, Colleen, less concern over commute time. Pretty common yeah. sense, right? Yeah. I have, a, I have so many clients right now that all of a sudden get to move because they've realized they're never going back to an office again. That's pretty wild when you really think about it. I mean, yeah. I, I know when I made the shift to working from home, pre-pandemic, I mean, it was a big deal. It was kind of like, all right, I'm committing to this working from home thing. I mean, this is going to potentially be a really long-term way of doing business and way of doing life. And it is a big deal. And I think more and more people have had to come to that realization over a very short period of time. But it's kind of freeing and exciting in many ways. Yeah, go work at the coast. (laughs) And that's what you're seeing, right? More people come to the coast. Uh, Another takeaway here, Colleen, multi-generational households might become more common. Perhaps there's a temporary increase here, I guess, but do you really think that could become a long-term trend? So I've been seeing this trend. I've been seeing this trend for several years. And what I what I believe it to be, I think it's mainly my age group that is thinking about caring for their parents and wanting to move their parents in with them. And so looking to sell their home, maybe they're empty nesters, but they're looking for some sort of dual living so that they can help care for their aging parents and age in place. So yeah, definitely seeing a lot of that and more of it with Corona. Yes, I do think it's a long-term trend, most definitely. Mm, Interesting. So it sounds like too, maybe the multi-generational shift was happening even pre-pandemic and it's just just going to continue even post-pandemic, but pandemic Mm -hmm. may have just accelerated for some people that yeah. that move. Um, all right, another interesting one. Pets could drive purchasing decisions. In fact, almost half mm. of the respondents to one survey said they would be willing to move to better accommodate their pet. I, feel well, like I pe- think a lot of people <sighs> bought dogs during the lockdown. 
I know I saw it on my Facebook feeds. People were buying puppies. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> yes. I guess they need somebody, to, uh, emotional support animals for everybody, right? Yeah, or they just had the time because they were home. Like, yeah. might as well might train as well a have a buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're like, oops, I bought this little puppy that's going to turn into an 85-pound German Shepherd or something like that, yep. and I need, I need more space. <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, I feel like the, I don't know if that's necessarily tied to the pandemic. I mean, I think any pet owner has made decisions on their home in the past because of that. I mean, the simplest one being a fenced in yard, right? I know that we, the only negative about the home that we moved into was the fact that it's not connected to a neighborhood. And the reason that was a bummer was because it's so easy to walk your dog if you're connected to a neighborhood. Uh, whereas we're just kind of on a, on a, on a side street that's off of a little bit busier road that you wouldn't walk along. And so we knew that moving into here, we kind of had to make the conscious choice to say, all right, well, we know we're going to have to drive to go walk the dogs any time we want to walk them. And that was just a, a little bit of a lifestyle change we were going to have to adjust to. So it didn't influence our decision because we ultimately decided to go with this home, but it definitely weighed heavily for a little bit on our minds. So, yeah, I could see that one. But I feel like that's yeah. not necessarily a pandemic one. Um, no. But uh, anyway, that's one there. Prepare for a first-time buyer wave. This is the one that I had an argument that it was not actually a behavior. You know, the first-time buyer waves, they seem to just keep coming. I mean, when I first started in real estate uh, 24 years ago, first-time buyers were a lot younger, it seemed. Well, they were my, I felt like they were my age. They were in their early 20s. And now uh, it seems like the first time buyers are more of the millennials in their 30s. They're waiting. They're not buying homes till they're in their 30s or um, they're paying off their student debt before they purchase. And, you know, we were having quite a few conversations about this before we got into this pandemic and everything turned into pandemic conversations. But we were talking about the millennials and, and them entering into home ownership. I do think that that we're going to see that wave of younger people start buying younger um, because of the importance of home ownership, especially coming out of this. I also think we're going to see a mass exodus of uh, landlords and tenants. We're going to see mass evictions coming up which might create some real estate inventory in that first-time buyer range. I can only mm-hmm. hope that that opens up some inventory, um, but yet on the same note, I don't like to see anybody lose lose their home or lose their rental. But yeah, we've got a lot of tenants in the nation here that are taking advantage of the you know no evictions for no rent. And here in the Portland area, that's been extended through November. So... We've got a lot of landlords kind of hurting right now. They, they, get, they are, want to get out of the game. <laughs> they want to get out of the game. They're, they've yeah. got mortgages on their rental properties and they have no income coming. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes over time and creates that uh, first-time buyer wave again. Ah, that could be the opportunity. And then that combined with um, low interest rates is a, is all good news for first-time yes. home buyers. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's that's a big one, I think. So the one that isn't necessarily a behavior uh, could still be a trend in the future that's worth watching here over the short term and maybe long term. Last but not least, Colleen, people might stay in their homes less going forward. We mean like how many years you're staying in your home. You know, we've always heard that traditional saying, you know, people stay in their home for about six years on average. Well, in the past couple of years, that's actually gone way up to about a decade that people are staying in their homes now. 
um, which is kind of interesting. But I think if things revert back to that mean, it's going to be that a lot of people are buying and selling in the near future. And the pandemic could accelerate that for, well, see all the reasons that we've just talked about over the last couple of minutes. Yes. Yep. People may have the freedom to move a little bit more if they're homeschooling their kids and working from home. Well, you're exactly right, Colleen. And uh, boy, it's uh, I think I think we are going to be in for a lot of home turnover. People who have already been fed up with where they're living are, are moving now, but it's going to be a trend that continues. There will be people that aren't comfortable moving yet, so they're going to wait a little bit. I think we're just going to see lots of activity over the next many months um, for as long as this pandemic is going on. And then when it's over, may see it continue for a while after that, just given all these reasons that we've talked about. I think we're definitely in for some major shifting all across well, the industry. Job security there, don't I? That helps you, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're all right. If somebody wants to move to a place and then move a year later and then a year after that, you're, you're totally fine with that, right, Colin? Well, we call our past clients our forever <laughs> clients. And, you know, we used to do a couple client events a year and we're not doing that this year, but we still drop off some gifts at their doorsteps when we can and keep them in our circle of, of what's going on in our newsletters and whatnot. So, yeah, it's really fun to develop that base of clients that are our past clients and become our future clients. That's part of my job. That's really cool. Well, if you want to find out a little bit more about Colleen and working with the team, especially when it comes to buying your next home, pick up a great starter guide. If you're thinking about buying a home in the near future, it's great for first-time home buyers, or if you just haven't been through the process in a while, it teaches you the important terms steps and things that you need to know about the process of buying a home. If you want to get that guide right now, you can do so by texting the phrase buy a home to the number 77222. Just make it all one word, smush it together, buy a home. Text that to the number 77222. Or you can find the guide on our website at your leisure from your smartphone or computer, keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. Again, that's keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. Dot com, your place to go to access that. And of course, at any time, you can reach out to Colleen with any questions that you might have by calling or texting 503-830-9467. The Keeping It Real Estate Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most major podcasting apps. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Just search for Keeping It Real Estate with Colleen Benson on your favorite app to find us. Or you can find subscribe links, listen to past episodes, check out the show notes and other great resources, including ways to contact the show and Colleen by visiting keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. That's keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. Did you know that Colleen Benson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Keeping It Real Estate radio show, Saturdays and Sundays at 1 p.m. on AM 1220 and 104.3 FM KSLM.